and we're live. All right. Welcome to Buy Their Fruits. My name is Bryant McCullough. This is my co-host, Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you today? I am doing great, man. Very blessed. Very blessed. It's an honor to be here with William Ramsey. Great. Thanks Absolutely. for the invite, guys. Great, so to great to be with you. I know you've got a, uh, you got your hands just in all kinds of stuff, William. Your research has always fascinated me. I, I think you go above and beyond in uh, everything that you do. So, um, you know, of course, one of the first ways I was introduced to you, I think, on the Fringe Radio Network, and it was your research into Aleister Crowley. And then, of course, on Jim Duke, who we've got coming on mid-July, uh, you know, just uh, you, you were kind of everywhere for a long time, you know, and uh, everything I was interested in, you already had written a book about or you were currently writing a book about. And uh, I think your most recent one, The, the Global Death Cult, kind of sums up, you know, a large part of your research, you know, in a, a good way. Um, I think Aleister Crowley, The Prophet of Evil was one of the first books of yours I was introduced yeah, into. First. So. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I want to give you a chance to kind of run down where people can find you real quick and any of the books that uh, may be applicable to our topic today. And we'll uh, put some links in the show notes for that as well. Awesome. Yeah, uh, my first book was Prophet of Evil. Then I wrote one about the West Memphis Three, the occultism in the West Memphis Three. Then Aleister Crowley's influence upon the 20th century in Children of the Beast. I have a small one called Aleister Crowley, a visual study, a lot of pictures of Crowley. And then I just published last year, Global Death Cult. But they're all kind of covering the occult. Nobody really wasn't fashionable, at least when I first wrote my first book in 2010, to kind of talk about the occult influence upon political or social cultural events. But uh, hopefully I've changed that since I've been kind of researching these things in the last 12 years. But uh, yeah, those basically had a lot of cruelly influenced or Cruelly adjacent material, unfortunately, but uh, turned out to be a much more influential, influential person, probably than he was during his lifetime. Yeah, I think I, I say first that the saw you. that he's left are just still kind of making their ways through Hollywood and the entertainment industry and everything. I agree. I think that he really found uh, followers through the darker side of the arts, Hollywood music, heavy metal, um, and kind of the larger kind of free Sodom and Gomorrah kind of culture. So I think that he's he's still very well known. Believe it or not, a lot of political figures know him, like uh, Vladimir Putin's, they call him Vladimir Putin's brain, his name is Dugin, actually knows a lot about Crowley, and who was in Russia, believe it or not, um, back in 1904, and got a lot of his ideas from his religion from the Orthodox Church there. But... It's very strange how his ideas have permeated cultures internationally, and even even here in the states. There's a lot, a lot of his stuff about uh, UFOs when he was in New York City. Did the Alamantra working and drew this kind of gray alien that was 1918. That's still bandied about today. It goes all the way up to some of these figures who write uh, write books about aliens and stuff like that. Really, Crowley was probably one of the first people who wrote about these demonic. Entity, so you can see various different strands of Crowley going off into different places. He's actually influential in the UFO community too, which is weird. Yeah, he was uh, influenced. I mean, uh, yeah, he influenced uh, L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Jack Parsons, right? Correct. Right. I think they were his disciples. So and yeah. They did the uh, what was it the uh, Babylon working that they did? Correct. They pretty yes. much opened a portal, so they claim. That's I, what they I were trying they to did, do. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's no coincidence that at that same time, you know, all of a sudden the UFO phenomenon really kicked off. So This is true. It's There's very strange things about Crowley and his followers. And really, Scientology is a kind of space cult. It has a space opera element to it where there's entities come from other planets and do all these things. So right. uh, it's consistent with the kind of UFO, the perception of what UFOs are. I'm definitely in the camp UFOs are demons and some yep. other supernatural thing. I do not believe they're from other physical plane based upon all my reading. And it's an interesting, one other interesting thing I can add to that is there's a researcher by the name of Charles Upton who wrote about UFOs. And he says that the same things that happen when people think they're encountering demons are the same things that happen when people encounter UFOs. So that's very telling. So, demonic uh, visitations are very similar to these ufos people are terrified weird things happen that aren't explicable through the five normal senses so i think I, i'm in you know, agreement with him it's completely true and then if you look at like some of gary wayne's research you know but prior to the alien right there was fairy abductions and all of those are very reminiscent of the same type of encounter as well and so i think it's True. a rebranding you know kind of the enemy's plan is always kind of rebranding you know they use that in uh, yes. in so many different facets of of every aspect so and another interesting fact is some of these people who are in crowley's groups the oto peter lavenda um in particular have gone on to write for like secret machines for this tom delong tom delong to the stars academy and are promoting this whole thing that these are aliens. So there is a spiritual connotation with a lot of this. It's pretty surprising. And I actually, me and I communicated with Lavenda. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. He, kind of, yeah, I have a history with that guy. <laughs> but right, um, there is, yeah. yeah. But that guy's been in an OTO. He's been in an OTO ritual. It's filmed. It's actually Alex Jones was in the same documentary. But there's Lavenda with some of these other lesser known people who followed Crowley's Thelema, a guy by the name of Wasserman who passed away. And uh, you, I can send you those, those that video of Lavenda being right there, right there in the mix. And Secret Machines, interestingly, is spelled S-E-K-R-E-T. So the K oh. is the 11th letter of the alphabet. So mm -hmm. That's Sneaky. intentional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I always found that it was interesting that, you know, rituals, uh, you know, the occult rituals and UFO phenomenon kind of go hand in hand for the most part. Yeah. You know, you see that a lot when you when you get into it. And uh, I forgot his name. His name is evading me. But Stephen was, uh Him also. Yeah, he's a new ager, complete new ager and does a lot of occult stuff. But uh, this guy who was the and you might remember the name, Brian, but his name is Joe something. I don't know. It was uh, he was the leader or the head of MUFON at one point, and he was a field researcher at first. You know, he kind of worked his way up, and through his study, he wasn't a Christian at the time, but through his studies, he found out that because uh, what he did was he studied um, abduction phenomenon, right? So he would go and interview people, hear their stories and their testimonies and all that stuff, and he came across the fact that the only documented thing that he kept seeing was that. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only, you know, calling upon the name of Jesus Christ to help you is the only thing that's ever stopped a abduction experience. The only thing. 
And then MUFON itself tried to hide that and cover it up because, you know, people would lose their jobs if that was just the simple answer is to call upon Jesus, you know. So he became a Christian through his experience in the UFO community and finding out this simple fact that there's power in the name of Jesus. And so he published a book about it and everything, how he came to Christ and all of his research and stuff. But, but yeah, that's why I think that they are definitely um, spiritual beings. They're not, and I agree that they're demons. And, and when you go back to Aleister Crowley stuff, you know, to connect it back to him, Lamb, I believe, right? Lamb, when right, he drew that right. depiction. Yeah, it looked like what we would call a gray alien. Dead right. on. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And what's the book where it's like not possession, but it's uh, I can't remember the author's name, but it was like the number one selling book on UFOs, and it has that kind of gray alien on the cover. Do you remember? Guys oh remember wow! That? Is it a uh, the fourth encounter or something, something like, that? like that? It'll come to me. But it's interesting that it's kind of like the same thing that Crowley wrote is in that, and Lom is kind of Crowley's. It actually is a word based upon the word llama, like the Lai Lama. So it's kind of an honorific. So it's, it's very strange use of the word that in that context. So he was like, there's probably some kind of demonic thing with him. But he he had that whole inversion, right? So his lord was Satan. So he inverted. And the Black Brotherhood are Christians. So in Crowley's view, these demons you know, were, were honorable. I guess that's why he named it long. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, and it's kind of wild too, you know, his influence, uh, you know, like um, Jay-Z, you know, comes out with the do as thou wilt right. stuff on. And, uh, you know, there's a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a movie, William, called Sing. It's like one of the, uh, you know, animated, mm -hmm. it's kind of like an American Idol style, uh, but animated DreamWorks maybe or something. But anyway, the secretary is a lizard with one eye. So she has a glass eye, but her name is Mrs. Crawley, like C-R-A-W-L-Y. And uh, I just thought it was insane that she's a reptilian with one eye named Mrs. Crawley. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, He's still around. He's actually, have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Abasol? He's an African-American Thelemite. So the followers wow. of Crawley are known as Thelema. And he has like do what thou wilt on his back. He talks about Crowley and all of his things. And I think he sold a decent amount of records. So he's around, but I mean, wow. no. it's just interesting how Crowley's ideas have seeded, you know, dispersed itself. Jay-Z is probably an improbable person you would think, but he had that right. do what thou wilt shirt. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, funny is know. that. Oh, go on, bro. I was just going to say, you know, he, <clears throat> he went by the moniker Jay Hova as well. You know, so right. there's that uh, oh, wow. inversion as well. So, yeah, one of the you know genres of music I listen to is a it's a Christian genre, but you know a lot of there's a lot of people out there who judge it, and it's called Christian metalcore. But it's like it's like you know it's above heavy metal, you know, with how hard it goes, but or how hard it sounds. But anyways, there's a lot of like dedicated Christians, like true dedicated christians involved with that and people will judge me for it and say you know oh that sounds satanic you know what i mean like god doesn't approve of the way that sounds or whatever you know and then i'm like well do you like the beatles and like yeah what's wrong with the beatles and they don't know that the beatles were influenced by Aleister crowley pretty heavily sergeant Peppers. you know so it doesn't matter the way it sounds it matters who influenced them right 
Yeah, I mean, Sergeant Pepper was probably Crowley. If it's 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. Yeah. Yeah. He was in and one so, of their covers, correct? Correct. He was on Sergeant Pepper's cover with yeah, the bald, the bald, bald headed version of uh, of Crowley. Yeah. I'm trying to find this guy's back tattoo. Yeah, he doesn't look familiar. I see what you have pulled up on the screen, but that name sounds familiar. I maybe just have heard it referenced. Some, oh, there's the back right there. Yeah, if you oh, can see this right here, let's see. Do what thou wilt. Wow. Wow. Over some angel wings connected by a halo of all things. So there's that inversion because uh, Crowley was very uh, into inversion, wasn't he, William? Wasn't that? A Absolutely. Huge, I think, yeah. You know, the more depraved a person could be, kind of, he thought that was the more uh, power. Unlocked. Yep. Yes. Transgression through power. So get power through transgression. A lot of that stuff. No, no doubt. I mean, he did really horrible stuff. Blood drinking, you know, yeah, all kinds well, of bodily like, fluid yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Like he was, he was really dark. What, he might uh, have, it's never been proven, but he might have filed all of his teeth into fangs. Um, that's the rumor. That's why if you see pictures of Crowley, he's never smiling. You can't find a picture of him with his mouth open. Wow. So and he may have sense. gone that far. Yeah, he may have gone that far. And wasn't there a, a issue with a baby that came up missing and maybe Mussolini kind of uh, yes. Like yes, there was. banned there was him forever? At the Abbey yeah. Of yeah, he was banned forever from France, Germany, and uh, Italy. So he, he was kind of on the road uh i titled one of my one of my chapters in prophet of evil black refugee because he was always getting kicked out of places but yeah there's an issue with babies missing there was definitely a bloody ritual with a goat at the abbey of thelema and then it gets really disturbing because if you read his magical record of the beast which is kind of his record of all his magical workings there's a depiction of I think infant rape, like a two-year-old stuff like that. Uh, and so, yeah, it gets really dark. And all of the women that he had, his Scarlet Woman, he branded with the Mark of the Beast. So uh, they had the Mark of the Beast, like you would brand a cow. He branded it on their chest. Now, when There's you no say doubt that, in my mind. Are, you, are you talking about that, uh, the circle with the X, William? Is that the it one It looks that like that. Using? I'm going to pull it up. Um, it's specific to Crowley. His ideas were that he was going to create this mark of the beast, and this is it. And it's a confluence. It has, you know, um, you know, it has a reference to kind of genitalia, but it's also the the putting together of the sun, the moon, stars, and the seven seven uh, heptagram. Is that so right? that's the seven sided heptagram. So that's yeah. Crowley's mark of the beast. So that's something he designed. Okay. And that's his person. He was into sigil magic, so he basically uh, sigil magic. So it's solar, thing. it's solar phallic too. So it has this kind of solar phallic theme that he liked. And this is the magical record of the beast. If you see this here, if you can get a copy of that book, you can go through. And it's a lesser read, and obviously not referenced by people who love Crowley, but it has some very telling things in there. A lot of admissions that he thought he was a god, and all kinds of stuff. I included in Even the documentary, probably. 
even the use of the yin yang there, that symbol is, uh, you know, something that I, I was told in my early childhood was a really occultic symbol. And I was like, no, you're crazy. You know, it means like peace. And, and so it's really interesting. I didn't know that that was a part of uh, his uh, symbology as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because he was really kind of a man of wisdom who took East and West and tried to fuse them together into really a religion he created, but it was really at its core Satanism. So he took yoga, the I Ching, uh, Buddhistic ideas, and then fused it into the Western, Western esotericism, and then put all the stuff that he created in there with Book of the Law and magic and all kinds of stuff. So he really, Thelema really was his own creation based upon what he had learned from theosophy and the temple of golden dawn so he he definitely you know created his own religion you know what's it's, fascinating too is when you, oh go ahead jeremy you go ahead oh i was just gonna ask you if you know there's this religion i believe that there's this religion i think it's i don't it might be jake jacobinism mm -hmm. uh basically from what i understand and i could get the name of that wrong but uh there's a religion that's similar i guess to jacobinism where they believe like they, they pretty much promote sin as much as they can because they they want to bring christ back sooner so that they can basically fight him interesting i've heard that sabbateanism i've heard maybe that term it. used yeah but maybe that, that know, that's it the jacobins were kind of like the people in the french revolution if i remember correctly but Think that there were some kind of subset group maybe influenced by the illuminati but i may have that wrong too i don't know are you familiar with much about uh anton levey william i know a little bit you know i, I quoted some of his stuff like uh the 77 names of the devil from okay the satanic is it the satanic bible i think has it yeah it's interesting one of the 77 names of the devil is the name of the devil they use in um, Stranger Things when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's actually a name uh, of the devil, which is uh, somewhat telling about that. Oh, show. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So I forgot. That's uh, the, the Demigorgon or something? Yeah, the Demigorgon. Yeah. It's one yep. of the 77 yeah. names of the thing. I did not know that. I, I know why, very little it, about Stranger Things, but. Uh, I'm almost that. positive that they have listened before they put out Stranger Things, they listened to my earlier discussions of Crowley because there's all kinds of references in there. There's all kinds of wow. numerical references to 77, the smiley face, um, the name of the devil, the Demogorgon. Gorgon. They, yeah, it gets pretty I've avoided it really at this point, but I have considered, uh, you know, just watching it for research purposes. But man, I just. Well, her I'm, name, I'm the not... girl's name is L. She was number yep. 11. So yep. it's all there. All those things are there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so speaking of so here uh, numerology, sorry, here are the seventy-seven names of of the devil that are in there. I think, and then you'll wow. see Demogorgon's right there. Greek name of the wow. devil. Is those okay. in there? Demogorgon. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Anyway, what were you going to say, Jeremy? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was just going to say that you know, speaking on uh, numerology and how important that is to Aleister Crowley and the occult in general. Um, you know, what are the ties between Aleister Crowley and the ritual, I want to say, of 
A lot. Even the dates, everything. So the 11 became kind of the primary number of Crowley's dilemma. And he got it from coming out of coming out of the Golden, Golden Dawn. And there was a guy in the Golden Dawn. One of the founders had numbers and their significance. 11 was always kind of the number of death and destruction. But it also correlated to a lot of ideas that he had in magic. It was a conflu confluence of the, hep the sex... Uh, the hexagram and the hexagram, right? Is that right? The pentagram and the hexagram. So five and six come together. And though the, the pentagram and the hexagram are the microcosm and macrocosm. So the magician has those two things come together, totals an 11. So 11 really became the center of his religion and do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law or 11 letters or 11 um, syllables. So all these things, he would always correlate these 11s in there. And there's statements within the book of the law, which he received from this entity uh, that talked to him in Egypt. There's all kinds of statements like my number is 11 and that is the number of those of who are of us. So there's all kinds of quotes within there. So 11 really became the idea, like the central numerological reference point, number in itself that has numerological meaning, but also referenced other things. So that would be the date of September 11th was the 11th. So you'll see the 11 permeate the entire ritual of 9-11. And the first plane to hit um, the Twin Towers was Flight 11, right? And even the Twin Towers are a giant 11 put together right. by the Rockefeller brothers. There's actually a picture, a famous picture of David Rockefeller with the Twin Towers on Time Magazine, with the Twin yeah. Towers in the background, and his watch is at 9-11. So they have all kinds of inside Kind of things and the rockefellers have a curious history um you can go to rockefeller center and see all the occult stuff and you can actually see um what is the titan who brought a uh, prometheus the golden prometheus oh that yeah is in so fire many movies yeah the bringer of fire back to the people there's a gilded prometheus and that's the symbol of satan right some symbol of lucifer so they lovingly created that symbol of uh, prometheus and it's in the background of like cartoon movies, Madagascar, all kinds of movies, because uh, people on the inside know what that really represents. And the Rockefellers, I believe, knew that as well. So, oh yeah, symbolism is is the language of the occult, essentially. Like, right. And right. and I forgot what the method is. Is it the method of the revelation, where they pretty oh, much the revelation of the method? Yeah. Ah, there the it is. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. it. But I mean, to go back to the to the ritual of 175. Those are all reference points in Crowley's uh, Thelema. 77 is the Libra Oz. It correlates to OZ, like the Wizard of Oz. And it's something where he writes, there's no God but man. You can do what you want. Anybody who frustrates those rights, you kill them. So the 77 is really important. 93 became the Kabbalistic number that represents very important concepts, Latin concepts within Thelema, which are agape and Thelema. Actually, I think those are Greek. But they correlate to uh, 93. So 93, sometimes you'll see Crowley signing his letters, 93, 93, 93, which is shorthand for saying love under law, love under will. Um, so you'll see 93. And then 175 is a kind of ritual in Crowley's system where you, you do a ritual for the God you adore. And actually, the adoration of Satan is a common theme um, within... Kind of the the occult the occult reference of of the worship of Satan is the adoration of Satan, 
So you'll see the the term the term the specific English word adore in the in the ritual one seventy five and in other things. Like I mean, there's really like you can listen to funny things. Like people understand that concept. There's a book called not a book, but there's a song by Thin Lizzy where he's talking about you know you, you bow down and adore me, and it's the same kind of usage within the Crowley's ritual. And you see. Uh, plane 175 was the second plane that hit the Twin Towers, if you remember. So it's yeah. there's tons of things. And those towers were both 110 stories tall. They were an anomaly uh, in New York City. They really stood out. So Weren't they, they, they named Joachim and Boaz? Yeah, I mean, was I that... think they were. They were also nicknamed David and Nelson for the two Rockefeller brothers. Okay. okay. But, uh, and it is interesting because all those... One of the lesser-known brothers was Lawrence Rockefeller. We talked about UFOs, but he was a supporter. He would, you know, the Rockefellers really ch created, uh, changed culture by donating money either through the Rockefeller Foundation right. or other things. But they actually uh, supported the work of John Mack. And uh, I wonder if I can pull this up, Lawrence Rockefeller with John Mack. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, earlier I. I had mentioned Anton LaVey because I had just heard something really recently about, uh, you know, it, like when you're in school, uh, you know, they list your last name first. And so Anton LaVey in school, whose name would have showed up as Levi Anton, Leviathan. And I just oh, thought that was really Ooh. fascinating. You know, I'd, uh, I'd never seen anything like that before. And so I just wondered, uh, you know, if any of you had heard or had much on that guy because I haven't looked into him very much. Now I do know that his hands are in what like the satanic church and, uh, or the church of, I don't, I can't remember which one it is. I guess there's a couple divisions or something. Uh, one, the church one is more comical, I guess, than the other they claim. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating as well. And then, uh, just to go back, Lawrence Rockefeller, this picture is very important. A lot of people would overlook this. So John Mack is researching UFOs, right? These things that are appearing. He has a much more kind of materialistic worldview. Not totally. Okay. But sitting here with Lawrence Rockefeller, this is the brother of Nelson and David. And at the end is Whitley Strieber in this hat and glasses. And Whitley Strieber is the author of Communion. That was oh, the name man. I was trying to remember earlier. Yep. Who says that these are UFOs, right? But then go look at Whitley Strieber's work. This guy knows the occult, man. He's he's right. Why there. does that cabin look like the cabin that uh, Ghislaine and Jeffrey were photographed in front of? Know. Like the, do you know what I'm talking it. about? That uh, was yes. it like? Man, I swear that I that design is very reminiscent of another photo. No, I know what you're wow. talking about. I actually have that photo because they were together on this photo where the queen sat, and it's kind of like yeah. an in-your-face type of thing, right? She yeah, had a lot of this to... stuff where she was referencing herself as a queen. I mean, we're kind of off topic, but I'll show you this one. This is her on the queen's throne. She's like screwing her, you know, she's joking around with uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, yeah, that's like oh, the queen's throne. So, yeah, right. I don't know how she was allowed to do that, but it's really that's it's it's really crazy. Yeah, that... It's like a lack of respect. Right. Right. Do you Man, do you know Queen and Duke of Edinburgh? Let's see if I can pull this up. So he's on the Duke spot. 
I'm trying to find the Queen's Cabin, right? The Queen's Cabin. I have that picture somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's wild. So anyway, but yeah, going back, there's the UFO, Satanism, occultism, UFOs as, you know, benefactors. A lot of those people who see the UFOs, UFOs as benefactors are also occultists. That's it's true. I mean, have I, you ever heard anything opinion, of? It's uh, yeah. my opinion. Had you ever heard anything about uh, Area Fifty One? Uh, you know, there being some type of mass ritual going on there, right around the time of the, you know, the weather balloon incident. I, I feel like there was some audio, uh, maybe excerpts of, of somebody that was present at the time, and they claimed that they were basically doing a big ritual. They opened up this big hole and they have no idea what came through. And then of course uh, that was right around the time of the Roswell incident. You familiar yeah, with that? Jim? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the Babylon working that uh, L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Jack Parsons did together. Called It's called the Babylon working where they yep. did this ritual to open up a portal and they, they claimed that they can't, they couldn't close it. So, you know, and then all of a sudden the UFO phenomenon blew up. But that, then, the goal of the Babylon working was to create um, a change in the society. Like it was really a goal ooh, to wow. really bring in the spirit of Babylon into the culture. So like and a conscious shift or something. Yeah, exactly. And so they both kind of did it. I mean, if you look at what Hubbard achieved with Scientology, he's incredible. Like he really started his own religion kind of like Crowley did. Right. Oh, yeah, and that's still pre very prominent, pre prevalent today as well. You know, big names, Tom Cruise, and, you know, I mean, they they took it hook, line, and sinker. And then uh, wasn't there, was there some war, kind of some kind of magic war between, like, Crowley and Hubbard at some point? Yeah. Do I remember no, that it was correctly? Be, so there's writings, okay. Jack Parsons was considered by Crowley to be his number one disciple, his most important disciple. And mm. he warned Parsons about Hubbard. He said, this guy is a confidence man. He's a, he's a grifter. And it turned out that they decided, uh, Parsons and Hubbard decided to go into business together. And they were going to, like, uh, do something with sailboats. And then Hubbard ran off with Parsons' girlfriend, who was no really no longer his girlfriend at the time, but his former girlfriend. They ran off to Florida. Then Parsons chased him down to get his money back, which I don't think he got all of it back. And then he did some kind of magical ritual to kind of start, supposedly start up a storm to impede Hubbard from getting away or something like that. Mm, I, okay. I cover that Children of the Beast. So, yes, there was a kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Uh, I see that you have the Epstein and Maxwell picture yeah, up there, yeah. right? You want to hear a crazy connection? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, obviously both of them, Epstein and Maxwell, were... They they knew about the occult for sure. They definitely, in my opinion, practiced the occult on one, one level or another. But her sister, Isabel Maxwell, is the technology pioneer of the World Economic Forum. Get out. Nope. She's the technology pioneer. Yep. Which sister is it? Do you know? Uh, Isabel Maxwell. Isabel Maxwell. Okay. Let me look that up. And then there's those You just did a show on it, so I figured, yeah, you might as well throw it in yeah. there. Yeah. No doubt. Well, I mean, there's all those crazy like Terramar connections and her submarine license. And then her her dad was what really involved in some kind of software 
uh, or search engine. Was that what that was? Robert Maxwell? Yeah, so, it was, um, I for, I think it's called, it was called Magdalene or Magdalene. And then it was acquired by Excite. And I think she's also, Isabel is also like a Israel internet company. Like she, she, oh, the president of a calm touch, calm touch. I guess it's an okay. Israel internet company, but yeah, she's a technology pioneer of the world economic forum. Wow, there you go. There she of is right on their website, Blue World Alliance. University wow. of Oxford, Silicon Valley, Magellan, earliest online search engine, Quarterback site. Yeah, searching. I thought that was Israel. what the deal with that was. But you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's, I it's you know, the truth is truly stranger than fiction. I mean. No, here's another one. Have you ever heard of the connection between the Maxwells and Jack Parsons? No. So Jack Parsons was part of what was called the Suicide Squad. It was him. They were doing jet propulsion research in the Arroyo okay. in Pasadena. It was him, a guy, his old friend named Foreman. And another guy who was Czech, his name is Molina. And Molina's son married one of the Maxwell sisters. Wow. Yeah, yeah I think, I, do you know if Jack Parsons and, uh, you know, the... Uh, the it's Christine, so it was Christine Yvonne Molina Maxwell literally, literally married um, this guy. Oh well, goodness. I know that her father worked for the CIA. He was a spy. Roger Molina. Do you know if they were friends? That'd be interesting. Say that again. If, uh, you know, the Maxwell, Isabel and Christine, and all of them, all the Maxwells, if their father, because he was a CIA agent, did he, was he friends with Jack Parsons at all? Do you know? I know well, he Maxwell, was a very influential. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. But okay. here's this pic. I have the picture up on YouTube. You can see this. This is from the home of, of Ghislaine Maxwell. It's some kind of like demon with a red background like this is creepy art so oh, you yeah. can tell that they're strange but i'm going to share this yeah so we're going to follow through the this is like the weirdest connection ever so this is a picture of jack parsons he's lying down kind of front right and then okay. you see ed foreman's behind him and then frank molina is in the white shirt with dark pants in the center so he's kind of mm -hmm. lying down in the center so that's frank molina and then we go back here. So that's Frank Molina's with Theodore Von Karman. I think he was an ex-Nazi. Uh, maybe not. Uh, surprised Frank Molina's on YouTube. That's his son, Roger. That's his son, Roger. And in 1986, Molina married in British internet content pioneer and educator Christine Maxwell. Yeah. Robert Maxwell. Sister to Ghislaine. And these guys were all in technology. And she was yep. the editor. Uh, get this. It gets you. You want to talk about the occult? She was the editor for her dad's company, which is called Pergamon. You want to talk I about the book of Revelation? Yep. Yeah, the per book of Revelation we talked about in the last interview, right? So right. Maxwell oh. chose to name his press Pergamon Press, the, the place where Satan sits, right? Man, we just did a show on that, William, with uh, Ali Siadatan. And he was, uh, he just laid every bit of that out. If you haven't checked that one out, he, uh, 
Yeah, because he was talking about how that got moved to Berlin. It's the basically the throne of Satan that was mentioned uh, in the Christine letter to Pergamum. And then, uh, you know, Hitler, of course, was obsessed, had it moved to Berlin. It's still there today, but they call it the throne of Zeus. And you Obama know, did and his was- inaugural speech in it. Right. And I think actually the some of the architecture of Nazi Germany, Germany was based upon the Temple of Pergamum, right? Did you hear yep. that? Yeah, they copied and uh, and then of course you know that they tie it into Zeus and so I had asked Ali you know about uh, well you know I saw Satan fall like lightning right and and Zeus's you know weapon of choice is the lightning bolt and then we got into like the rods of God technology and just all these things that you know it's it's insane the connections that can just be so easily made I mean we're sitting here making them in real time as we're talking it's that easy to put yeah, this hard. stuff together. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, Isabel Maxwell is associated with something called the Santa Fe Institute. It's kind of like a think tank in um, New Mexico, right? But they're kind of like All forward right. thinkers, techies, nerds. And what does the Santa Fe Institute use as one of its? You can't write this. One of the things that they use is one of its symbols. I mean, where oh, is it? God. I can't find it. It's on. This is their website, by the way. We're looking at their website, and okay. they use the monolith. They use the monolith oh. from 2011 as one of their symbols, and you can see some kind of weird occult stuff on there. But it looks yeah. exactly like the height of the monolith from 2001: A Space Odyssey that was written by Kubrick and uh, what's his name? Not Wells. Uh, Arthur Arthur C. Clarke. Do you know in that movie? Do you know in that movie how tall the monolith was and how tall it probably is here? I can take a wild guess. (laughs) It's nine by eleven. Yeah, eleven, eleven feet tall. So the the actual dimensions of the monolith in two thousand one are eleven feet tall. So it's a correlation between two thousand one: A Space Odyssey and the events of nine eleven, and this kind of weird kind of this is some kind of high tech. There's the kind of monolithic structure in the background. That's some. It's a fake one, but yeah, didn't one of those just randomly pop up it in the desert yes. and then disappear yes, again? Yeah, uh-huh. yes, it did. the stuff that that they just openly published the articles on, and and no one seems yeah. to bat an eye. You know, like right. where so is this Santa Fe monolith? Institute. It's the world's leading research center for complex system science. Wow! Wow! Right here in the state, bud. This oh, this place yeah. is horrible, bro. I live in New Mexico now, and it's it is full of occult stuff and witchcraft, bro. I'll tell you that it is full of it. The land of yeah, enchantment, probably a, a, a heavy Santeria presence there too, huh? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, was... do you know William? If uh, Alistair Crowley has anything to do with influencing the religion of the Temple of Set, I don't know if you mentioned that already. So all those guys kind of knew about Crowley. So both, I mean, at that time, the self-assumed head of Crowley's religion lived in Berkeley, and his name was Grady McMurtry. So he was running kind of an OTO, This what he claimed was the OTO outpost. He was called, they called him the, um, it, was, it was like an Islamic name. The Anyway, he had some kind of name. So they were across, and then both, Aquino and LeVay were in San Francisco. So they knew of each other. There was a lot of cross-pollination. In the Temple of Set, they kind of looked at Crowley 
and bothered, borrowed stuff from him, but they didn't say anything. But if you read the book by Aquino, the um, book of coming forth by night, he mentions Crowley in it. So, yeah, it, um, it wouldn't surprise yeah, I mean, they all use similar symbolism, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's kind of all interconnected in one way or, in the, or another, you know what I mean? And I thought I read at one point that Michael Aquino was a part of the Church of Satan, and then he split off to do his own That's thing. Right. Yeah, That's okay. Right. That's what I thought. And then you can actually trace that from Crowley, McMurtry, to LeVay, to Aquino, and then the contact between Aquino and the founder of the Order of Nine Angles. Uh, sending just about to, to each other, yeah. So, yeah. David Mayan, so it was Mayan and Aquino. So, you can see that continuum of connection of people chatting with each other. Uh, Mayan thought that Aquino was a poser or, uh, you know, play out a hypocrite, like play acting and real evil. And right. so the ONA is like, you know, literally talk, talking about murdering people in their literature. Jeez. Yeah, I saw that uh, Chris Taylor had commented on the last stream and uh, from Don't Let Them Burn, and I'd heard yeah. you and him cover that Order of Nine Angles, and uh, man, some of that is just fascinating as well. I mean, I'd never heard of it previous to, to your mention, and then once I started digging in, I'm like, here we, here we go again, you know? I mean, just endless cycles of the same thing and like we talked previously you know uh, the spheres of influence you know when when i make these graphs and charts sometimes if 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 you take them and you put them in the the circles and the, then you've got this is influencing this and this you know before you know it you've got like the audi the audi symbol and then you've got the olympic signal right. and uh you know it's it's no coincidence i think with some of those things as well those inner intertwined rings because everything is connecting to everything else and it's this cycle the cyclical cycle i agree and they they know each other in the, in the kind of uh occult culture they're familiar with kind of the work of that their fellow people have done much like lavenda knows crowley and was part of that so they're very well, very aware of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's do you know if like that, uh, you know, just the groups like the Masons and stuff, it gives them opportunities to kind of you know have a, a camp in every area and be able yeah. to just kind of cross pollinate all their business meetings, you know, and uh, and then all the agendas as well. So I think those blue lodges everywhere, you know, uh, that Joaquin and Boaz and the tower you know, connections. And I mean, just everywhere that you put your finger, right. You can just drag it all back to everything else we've been talking about, you know, so far. Yeah. They have the huge, that, that, that usage of, you know, the inverted pentagram Baphomet, right. The sigil of Baphomet. I infiltrated a, a Freemason, a blue lodge Freemason hall with my brother a long time ago. And, you know, I won't go into the whole story and maybe I can tell you some other time because it's awesome. But, uh, we infiltrated this place because there was only one dude there and it happened to be the quote unquote worshipful master. And he thought that we were just some kids interested in Freemasonry. Right. I told him that we were, but not in the sense that he thought, you know, like I wanted to join. I'm interested in what you got in there, man, you know, because of all the conspiracies I already knew. So he took us through a tour of this whole place, man. And he showed us places where the first and second degree could not go only the third, which was on the third floor. And inside this room, had the checkered square checkered floor and it had an altar on top of that right this little patch and in the back of the room it had a throne and above the throne was baphomet wow no joke i don't and think they, a lot of people see that right 
Right, and the Order of the Eastern Star, which is basically the female version of Freemasonry, their symbol is also the inverted pentagram. Right. And then which is like the, that's the opposite of the, you know, it's supposed to be the darker side, you know. Yeah, the left-hand path. What they call that left-hand path. Well, path. you know, it was a pretty popular uh, meme there for a little while, the, the Freemasonic apron right next to the Gmail logo. And then did anybody notice right. when that really started picking up speed, Gmail changed their logo? Right. Wow. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is that we really are swimming in the occult, and occultism much more than we think. It's just been occulted, so you don't – people may not be as – uh, aware to, to perceive a lot of that, but there's just tons right. of occultism in culture, film, art, uh, literature, so much, so much that we've. Been I think you have to. to work pretty hard sometimes to not see it. You know, you have to almost yeah. want to be in denial, and 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 a lot of times you'll get that you know pre-programmed response. You know, they'll accuse it, accuse you of being a conspiracy theorist, or you know, you you watch too many movies. And a lot of those people who say that it don't exist, uh, once you kind of look into it, they're occultists. Yep. <laughs> That's the whole thing. It's like the end of Eyes Wide Shut. You didn't see anything last night. It's kind of like a mind control thing. No, this is not real. You're a conspiracy theorist. They belittle you. But I was going to say the same thing, man, because I was, you know, the ones that are the same ones that are, you know, um, promoting and, pro you know, propagandizing this whole materialistic worldview are the ones who are practicing the occult. You know, that's the last thing they believe is a materialist worldview. They they believe in some sort of spirituality, where definitely some dark stuff, but they're trying to it gives them power when the people they're trying to control doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Because whether they believe it or not, you know, the populace believes it or not, they have the power over them because they have entities working with them. Yeah, I would say Crowley was a very spiritual person. He just right. was on the opposite opposite of the spiritual path, but he was very much trying to break on through to the other side. So he was very and very religious too. So like when people say spiritual, oh, you're spiritual and religious, that can mean almost anything. Right. And I think you're yeah. right. Their enemies on the right, on the on the occult path, are people who believe in kind of like the old and new testament tradition. Those are their enemies. They always are cruelly fulminates against Christianity and Christ. So does Myatt. Uh, they're all making mockery of it. They all, they all, you know, if you read Crowley's uh, The World's Tragedy, The World's Tragedy is Jesus Christ and the savior of the world is Aleister Crowley. He puts himself, he put himself in that, in that play or document in the place of Christ. Wow. Now, do you, do you know if like Aleister Crowley, uh, and Alice Bailey had any connections with each other? Because I know theosophy itself is extremely influential with the world elite, and they're basically open Luciferians. And, you know, uh, I think that some of the things that they talk about are kind of similar to, to some of the things in Alice Crowley's writings. So I don't know if there's a connection there or they just happen to be I working. I think he was familiar and knew about um... – Who's the founder Abram of theosophy? Blavatsky. I think he knew. I think he knew Blavatsky is after Crowley. Yeah. But I think he knew Blavatsky because it was, he was part of the kind of uh, late 19th century occult revival. So he was right. a reader. So he knew her. He, there was one thing interesting, and I can't remember the name. It wasn't Alice Bailey. I think it was Dion Fortune. 
He was kind of a lesser known female occultist, but he ran into her on some boat ride that he was on. So he was aware of kind of the fellow travelers and he had this idea of kind of the Gnostic church of which he yep. was part of. And so he admired people. He admired Joseph Smith. There's something about him where he would keep tabs on Joseph Smith. And he kind of was a, he must've known there were similarities between himself and Joseph Smith. So right. that's a kind of an interesting thing. So he, he, I mean, he's kind of a perfect storm of a character because he was very smart and reading all the time. He was addicted to reading and writing and didn't have to work. So he was a very aware of trends and things going on and fellow, you know, occultists and kept in touch with a lot of people. There's a lot of correspondence of Crowley and people like uh, for years, for decades, he and JFC Fuller, Tom Dryberg, who was supposed to be his heir. You know, some of these lesser known characters maybe here in the States, but people in the UK would know them. Uh, Tom Dryberg would be like the head of the Democratic Party. Like that was him at one point um, it, in the UK. Labor. It makes but, sense. Yeah, so, Crowley if, likes if you to integrate. Yeah. And he liked celebrities. Some of the people involved with him in New York City in the Alamantra working were well-known actresses. So he was, I mean, from that time. So he was definitely like, he would be like a modern celebrity today or a celebrity adjacent person. You know, so he was definitely interested in people who were in his tier of, uh, you know, kind of the elite tier, wealthy people, artists, etc. Like that. I was going to say you could probably just call it art and get away with it nowadays. Abramovich does, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No spirit I mean, it's cooking clever. is art. Clever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think she said something kind of clever, didn't she? Like, like in certain situations, it's art. In other situations, it's ritual. I thought she right. did something like that. Like she parsed her stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's wild how much they can get away with. I mean, it is obvious. I mean, she's she's kind of like a modern day, in a sense, she's like a modern day Aleister Crowley. I mean, she's hanging out with all the celebrities and teaching them the occult and how to channel spirits and to do these rituals. And it's like wide open, you know. Yeah, if he I was totally around. Yeah, she's it's, big it's, with it's Kanye and Kardashian, so she knows all those people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was Jeez. the whole Microsoft thing too, right? Where they aired it and then like pulled it. Right. It got like the worst reviews ever known to man from anything Microsoft ever did. Yeah. They had to disable the comments and everything. Right. It is incredible though that they put that out. I mean, that's a tie to Bill Gates, right? And I think in it our is. earlier show, they're like, all these guys are probably occultists. I wouldn't surprise me at all. Somebody made that comment. And yeah. it wouldn't surprise oh. me that all the WF people are all doing rituals. I mean, Bill Gates is uh, with Epstein and Maxwell. There's pictures of those guys together, you know, so. Yeah, doesn't surprise I think me. it was, um, oh, what was her name? Her name is uh, the girl who was trafficked by Epstein. Her name was. Virginia. Oh, Jeffrey. Virginia. Yeah, Virginia Dufresne said Jeffrey. said that there was like black coat cloaks in Maxwell's closet, like she had like mm. weird witch witch cloaks and stuff like that. And just the fact that she's friends with Kevin Spacey, look into Kevin Spacey. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah God. yeah he's that guy. very dark. Yeah, absolutely, it's sickening. But you know what? It's like when you go that depraved, there's no way that you're not 
being influenced by something spiritual, you know, you're not just ignorant about it at that point. You know what I mean? Like you're that depraved, you know, that there's something, I don't know if you want to call it an entity, definitely demonic, but it's working with them and they know it. You, you don't become that depraved and have a materialistic worldview. You just don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that they, they, I mean, look at the birds of a feather. They're hanging out with sketchy people. Like they have to know what their sensibilities are and you know, what they really believe. So It's true. You could almost just kind of go through the photos and, and be able to do all the math yourself and say, okay, well, I didn't know this person was involved, but if they're pictured with this person in one and this in another, they're definitely involved. You know what I mean? There's no way that, uh, that there's right. not these backdoor deals and sweetheart deals. And then you've got all these, uh, you know, secret society influence and, and I'm sure there's parties and, and who knows what's going on at these parties, but it, very reminiscent, I'm sure of eyes wide shut, like you mentioned. And, uh, right. I don't doubt that every bit of that is, uh, you know, just reenactments of actual scenes. Well, it was filmed in the Rothschild's mansion. Right. You know, Have you ever not read even some a reenactment. Right. Have you ever read the yeah, true. Have you ever read the stuff from Hunter Biden where he's talking about orgying and getting involved in orgies? And there's pictures of him in a laptop from hell in a kind of semi orgy. Have you ever seen that? I've heard about it. I haven't seen it myself. I haven't read it's into just, it. Myself. It's just read it's just like a it's an excerpt from one of his emails. He's talking to some famous person in the UK who used to be involved in making orgies. So he's really curious. But I think it's an insight into the elite and how they think. And believe it or not, Hunter Biden was in Comet Ping Pong. He was in one of the like advertisements for Comet Ping Pong. So he's going to do a show. So when people, when that whole thing about Comet Ping Pong Pizza Place exploded, Hunter Biden's kind of depravity was not known. So nobody really attached him to it. But then somebody went back and looked at all that stuff and said, "What the hell is Hunter Biden doing on here?" And he's in this all these pictures of him. And the Podesta emails, that's where they that's where people made that connection, right? Have you ever right. seen the picture of John Podesta with Peter Lavenda and Tom DeLong? Oh, no. Wow. no, yeah. So see, these guys are all it's all the connections are incredible. They're all kept quiet, but that connects to Comet Ping Pong, connects Alephantis to Hunter Biden to John Podesta to Lavenda and all that stuff. It's just off the charts. I mean, what more do you need? You know, I mean, Clintons and all them do. Oh, yeah. the, the Comet ping pong stuff. Wasn't somebody right. going to be uh, Hillary going to be holding a you know show there or something? If I remember. Oh, you oh, want me? Yeah. Here's. Do you want me to pull up the the Peter Lavenda doing an OTO ritual? Do you want to see that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah anything you. Let's see what we got. By the way, folks, this is by their fruits, and this is all bad and rotten fruit. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. We're making it a point to uh, really expose some of the things that we uh, that were just uh, so freely given. You know, they, they give us all this freely and, and there has to be an intent and purpose. You know, they're not just this stupid that they didn't think, you know, when they released the photo. No, they put all this out here because it, that is part of the plan as well. The revelation of right. the method is part of the plan. And so. Uh, you know, riding that line between, uh, you know, trying to do something about it and living in fear, you've got to find that yourself. But, and that can be found in Christ alone. Amen. 
So, yeah, so this is OTO. Crowley's kind of, he became the head in, I think, 1925. They're doing a ritual. They're setting it up. These are all the members of it. So wow. they're doing an invocation. And then here's, guess who shows up? Where's Lavenda? He's going to show up here in just a second. There's Jones. So they're, like, putting Jones in between. But Lavenda's in the background in one of these things you'll see him. This but is he's secrets not, of he's secret not listed. societies. Yeah, and there's this is Crowley's uh layman of Bab Sigil of Babylon. That's fully Crowley. They're putting him in there. That's Mitch. Not his name. And then you'll see Lavenda. So this is the group right here. Let me see if I can detach my and there's that do what thou wilt, of course. Shall be the whole of the law. Okay. Let me get this to, the audio to play. Yeah. Play. Ethical precept ever uttered to human beings. We are stars with and power. The OTO's belief system centers on one controversial sentence. Do it the Eleven words shall be the whole of the law. Aleister Crowley called this the most sublimely austere ethical precept ever uttered to human beings. We are stars with an orbit unique to ourselves. What did he say? Do as thou wilt is the whole law. Do whatever you want. Okay. Do whatever you want to anybody around you because you're going to get power out of it. It's going to be great. No, actually what you get is the end of civilization. Daniel Panetta is a member of the OTO who will take part in the ritual. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. It's really an instruction to find who you really are, find out your true purpose, and then to do that purpose. The moment has come. Okay. So... He's supposed he's in this kind of list. Where is he? Oh man, I missed it. Find out your true purpose. You'll see, you'll see Lavender pop up. That's Lavender right there. There That's he is. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow, just right there in the middle of it all, dressed yeah, in black. Yep. Yep. He's around, yeah. As they gather for the first time on television to conduct the ritual known as Liber Yisrafel, these members of the OTO are making history, bringing to light what was meant to be hidden. This ritual may appear alien to some people, exotic, strange, even dangerous. This is why no other groups have allowed the public into their rituals. Four invocations lead up to the moment when that extraordinary power will be called into the room. First, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. I mean, we can get into that. The lesser ban, they're supposed to like cleanse the spiritual world by the lesser banishing ritual. But here's the picture. You remember Lavenda's face. So there's Lavenda. There's Podesta. That's Tom DeLong of Blink-182. One of these ghost writers or something like that. I forgot this guy's name. I think these wow. two of these guys have written for To the Stars Academy. So you literally have a known occultist right here in the Venda. He's very, uh, pr a very prolific writer. Um, and, yeah. 
And what are these said, photo ops normally, you know, what I wonder what their purpose of these photo ops are, because it's often really damning evidence, right? When we have these photos right. and I just wonder, like, what what are they staging these for? What are they, you know, I mean, there's not a whole lot of reasoning outside of exactly what it is, you know, just to uh, show the ties that bind. Well, if you think about it, like you look at this this picture here, they all look like normal people. You would never yeah. think that they're in the occult at all. Nope. You would you never know. know if just talking about going to a spirit cooking, you know, thing with a Bramovich and this guy's in an OTO ritual. He's got a nice right. tie. He's got a decent sport jacket. It's looking, you know, that's, Man. that's the insight. That's the thing that shocks you is that some of these people are full on, you know, initiates, some kind of weird right. thing. That kind of is what, what, so you saw Lavenda there with DeLong, and this is the book he wrote with him. So it's Secret Machines, Gods of yep. God's Man and War. And it's S-E-K-R-E-T, because you got to have that K like in the magic. You know, that was there the... Uh, right. Yep. Oh, man. And he just wrote a book. I don't even know what it's about. I just saw it while I was looking him up a little bit. He wrote a book called How Do You Kill 11 Million People? Who wrote that book? Lavenda? Yeah. Really? What? That's insane. I wonder what the uh, uh, the summary of that is, huh? It it's uh, it says, "How do you get away with the murder of eleven million people?" Question mark. The answer is simple and disturbing. You lie to them. Learn how you can become an informed, passionate, and uh, I guess I got to open up, but uh, a passionate citizen who demands honesty and integrity from your leaders. Yeah, well, you know what? You're not. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. He's he, he's honest, but he's an occultist. So, right. So it's eleven. It's not ten. It's not twelve. How do you kill eleven million people? Right. So eleven million, of course. Always with the eleven. That's Andy wow. Andrews. I don't know who that is. Oh, oh man. Yeah. When I so my bad. When I typed in Peter. Lavenda, that's the first it book that popped dark. up. Well, it might be. Maybe he ghostwrote it. I know he's ghostwriting other books. He's probably written other books, too. Because but... his next year oh, called yeah. Technology of Power, The Nine. No, he The wow. Sinister Forces is pretty interesting, like an American political witchcraft, a grimoire. I mean, he's done so much stuff. He He's uh, done stuff about Hitler, Lovecraft just goes on all of it yeah they they always hit all the points don't they yeah, they sure do they sure do yeah well i know we are uh at the top of the hour uh, i didn't want to keep you much longer than uh than we had originally agreed but i did want to give you a chance to uh, let people know where they can find your work and maybe where they can support you and we'll put some links to your books and uh, uh this has been great i mean super informative yeah. couple of hours Good. here so i appreciate yeah, all your time today yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, the invite, and thanks for coming on my show. All my stuff, I've got about almost almost 700 interviews on a variety of different subjects, occultism, true crime, history, parapolitics, things like that. So you can find that at William Ramsey Investigates at any podcast, distribution site, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, also, my five books you can find on my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And then I have five documentaries on... Different subjects, too, on the Smiley Face Killers phenomenon. Uh, that's at Vimeo under William Ramsey. And uh, 
I'm kind of on social media under William Ramsey Investigates It, but if you want to send me an email or anything, you can just go through my email uh, website if you have any questions or anything like that. But I've been doing kind of following the the I would say the arc of my public career is really trying to trace these occult things because it's occulted. I didn't understand it, but I'm understanding their ideas, their ideology, and their connections much more now. It's been like 12 years, so. For I see sure, connections yeah. that I didn't see before. Yeah. It's been uh, super influential in my own research. So uh, I'm super grateful Same. to have found your work. And, uh, you know, yeah. who would have thought all these years later, I'd be able to have a conversation and really dig into some of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just been great. Awesome. Man. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Jeremy, do you have any closing thoughts or anything you wanted to throw out before we go? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, this might have been obvious, but I just realized that Blink-182, like, if you put 182 together equals 11. Blink-11. I don't know. Wow. It's just that number again, and now I'm going to see it everywhere. <laughs> Pops up all the all over the place. Go read Arthur C. Clarke's books. He's got all the Illumin numerology in his books. 77, 11, 175. He's got all the times, and same with this guy in the picture right here, Woodley Streber. These guys know the kind of New World Order, high elite occultist numbers that are integrated into 9-11. A lot of these guys yep. know this stuff. It's not publicized, but you can tell by their by their fruits, by their works. And you got it. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again some other time. I know there's a yeah. ton of stuff to talk about. So up to, yeah. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you, brother. All right, take care. God yep. bless. God, God bless, guys. Okay, stay there, stay there.